Hello and welcome to the fifth edition of Field Sounds, brought to you by the Round Bottom Research Foundation and Master Nathaniel Parriott's Acoustic Tinkerer. Master Parriott provides the finest in oral engineering services. Learn more via the Informatron at www.nateparriott.com. That's N-A-T-E-P-E-R-I-A-T.com. I am Emily Watkins, and I am your hostess. Bottom and I had planned to bring to you the results of our meeting by moonlight with the noble fairies. Unfortunately, the autumn rains arrived early, and there is little moonlight. And Julius is in a foul mood after the betrayal of Professor Welterschmidt in the matter of the Bird Queen. Julius hasn't left his laboratory except to eat and sleep for the past three days. I'm worried for his health, but he is a gentleman and can take care of himself. At least he should be able to take care of himself. Well, on to other matters. First, a reminder. The Foundation is open to new memberships. In return for your contribution, you will receive a print of one of Dr. Roundbottom's photonic captures, a membership card, a letter of thanks from the Foundation, and access to members-only material and updates. To join, visit the Foundation section of the Informatron. A special thanks to our readers and listeners who have already purchased memberships. It is only with your support that Dr. Roundbottom can continue his important research. And still the rain falls. I have always liked the autumn rains. I was born here in the city, and the rhythm of the seasons are the rhythms of my soul. The rains wash away the grime left by the factory chimneys, and while the life of the park hibernates, dies, the city becomes young again. Stone walls throughout the market district are plastered with cheaply printed broadsheets, advertising all manner of products, announcing events and news, sometimes explaining at great length the latest underground political movements. The practice has gone on for decades, and layer after layer of cheap paper has accumulated. The rains penetrate the layers, peeling back the years at random. I haven't thought of this since I was a child. Something about speaking into this device makes me nostalgic for the past. Perhaps it is the rain. As a young lady, I attended Mrs. Chatwin's School for Society Mavens in the mornings, before my formal tutoring in the classics. Our lessons in etiquette and society decorum were grueling and unending. For many of Mrs. Chatwin's students, the only time not spent on classwork or lessons was the walk from their home in the South Burrows to the school with the market district between the two. We moved as a herd, 
as young girls are wont to do, our numbers growing steadily as we weaved through the alleyways and the burrows. Many days we dawdled by exploring the old broadsheets that had been laid bare by the weather among the markets. Many an obscure fashion trend was revived by those old broadsides. One full month, long petticoats would be the rage, and the next, horrible back-stiffening corsets. Somehow there were always merchants ready with the wares to satisfy our whims. I suspect some of the seemingly antique advertisements were newly plastered. In our large numbers, our walk could not have gone unnoticed by the merchants, and the inventiveness of the city's business folk is well known. But there was one particularly wet and cold autumn, when the fad was not one of fashion, but of philosophy. I do not know how old these particular broadsheets were, but it was rumored that they were some of the oldest in the city, from those heady days of colonization. While my ancestors, the Englanders, make up the bulk of the city's residents, this was not always so. All manner of people made the journey to settle here. They brought with them their strange cultures and customs, as any immigrant does, and so it was that some forgotten people brought with them the word of Shallus. Shallus. I'm not sure what culture the word comes from. The broadsheets were particularly crude, printed with heavy block letters on rough, thick paper, but their crudeness aided in their survival. The message was simple. Humans are animals and should behave as such. The idea is patently absurd, of course. I suppose it was meant to be a reminder that humans are biological creatures. But as children, we took it more literally. We took it to mean that each human is literally an animal. One girl decided she was a cat, another a bear, and one friend even decided that she was a mouse. The singular pack of students fractured into groups based on predator and prey, birds and beasts, and so on. We formed little groups that reminded me very much of the urchin gangs of the park. This went on for several days before the first transformation. It is still a mystery of science how the transformations were achieved, but it is well documented, if forgotten, that one by one my fellow students began to take the shape of the animals that they claimed. Little girls went to bed, and ravens, wolves, and leopards woke up in their place. The transformation plague swept through the students of Mrs. Chatrooms in a fortnight. Whatever force was responsible, it could not make up its mind with me, so it left me normal. The parents of the other girls called in medical experts and veterinarians from the corners of the four worlds, but nothing they did had any effect. Mrs. Chatwan's school closed for the winter. Many families built stables and cages for their children, and hoped for the best. Some parents, perhaps happy for the excuse, sold the animals to zoos or circuses. I lost my best friend this way. Through the year, new broadsheets were plastered on the walls, and by autumn the word of Salus could no longer be found. And so the animals became children once more. Some families were reunited immediately, Others, like my friend, were never returned. Whether they chose to stay with their former owners, I, I cannot speculate. 
each full young women, some dressed as clowns or acrobats, some wearing little more than rags, are found outside the boarded-up building that was once Mrs. Chapman's school. They do not remember their former lives or families, but they are drawn back to the city as all immigrants are someday. That was a rather long walk down a lane of dusty memories. I apologize for the lack of a true recording from the field this edition, but I will endeavor to bring you something more interesting next edition. Thank you for listening, and good night, wherever you may be.